Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and I'm so glad that you're joining me today. I hope that your week has gone well and that this is helping you start your new week off and really having a blessed week. So we're talking today about the intentional family and what that really means, what it entails, and why it's so powerful. So when you think about intention, right, intention means... I've got, I've got a goal, I've got a plan, I've got some energy toward it, I'm intending to do it, I'm wanting to do it, I'm being intentional about how I'm talking, how I'm speaking, how I'm dressing, whatever that may be. So why wouldn't we want to be intentional about our families? So having an intentional family really means that I understand the quote-unquote why of a family. See, for many people, family does not bring this warm, comforting feeling. And many of us have found ourselves having a family of origin and then creating a family of choice. So Dr. James Dobson is known worldwide for his focus on families and strengthening families and the purpose of family. And it explains families as the limbs of the artist at work when we read the first two chapters of Genesis. It's kind of like the family is everything God wanted, which is why he created all of us people. And family is the reason that, that he actually has made for us to be seen, heard, loved, accepted, honored, supported, consequenced even. And so we see families all through the animal kingdom, and we see it in our own countries. And so understanding the purpose of family, it might, might be kind of difficult And many of us have had trouble with family. Maybe we even had a violent family. Many of us couldn't wait to leave our family. And the interesting thing about family is how deeply it roots itself into the core of our being. See, how many times have you heard someone say, or yourself say, yeah, I know, but it's my mom. Or, yeah, I know, but it's my brother. It's my cousin. It's my aunt. Well, it's my grandmother, right? It's my little brother. And see, bonding and attachment is necessary for human development. 
And we see this even in the animal kingdom as well. And I've told you that story about the eagles and the eaglets several times. And it's so telling because what happens is the mother eagle, you know, gets pregnant with eggs and she creates this beautiful nest that's high above everything. No, no one can get to this nest, the eagle's nest. And she really lines it with the feathers of her, of her stomach, of her chest. And so it's downy feathers. And she makes sure that everything is taken care of. Then she lays these eggs, right? So no animal, no person can really get to this eagle's, eagle's nest. And so there's these beautiful little chicklets now, eaglets, that hatch from these eggs, of course, with mouth wide open. And so she spends the next, you know, months foraging for food for these really hungry eaglets. And as they grow, she takes good care of them. They grow. They become stronger. Then she teaches them how to fly. And one of the ways she does that is she picks them up and then she drops them out of the nest. They have to learn to fly. <laughs> so what happens then? They all learn to fly and they still come back to the nest. They won't leave the nest. So what does she do? She lines <laughs> the nest with thorns. And it becomes so uncomfortable for these little eagles that they finally fly away. And so it can seem mean or rejecting or whatever, but really what it is is it's great wisdom. She's saying they have to learn how to forage for themselves and they have to learn how to fly. And if they stay in this nest and I take care of them, they'll never be able to become a true eagle. And so, interestingly enough, there is this point in all of our lives when it's necessary for us to leave what we call our family of origin and to create a family of our own. And this is called the family of choice. And so in both types of families, the family of origin and the family of choice, it's imperative that we create structure. This means we have expectations, there's consequences, rewards, love, care, all these different things. Both the family, you know, of origin and the family of choice must have these elements. Other than food, water, clothing, and shelter, humans have a need to be seen. And we've talked about this many times on the show and the failure to thrive that occurs when individuals are not seen. And so all of us have felt the pain of being misunderstood, being ignored. You know, when I was growing up, I wasn't giving a whole lot of thought to what I needed. And I was wondering why we had families at all. But you see, throughout the animal kingdom and humanity, we see this need for family. Now, I was adopted, and so were my two younger brothers. And we all came from very different DNA, very different families. And many times I would say to God, out of all of the families on the planet, why would you choose to place me in this one? Now, because I didn't think they understood me, I didn't think they really got me, I didn't look like anybody, I had talents that nobody in my family had, I had, you know, all kinds of just urges and, and needs to do things and be things and be something that my, my family really didn't have. They really were very clear on what the important goal for this family was, and it always was, what about your education? What about your education? So, you know, we all came from different families in my, in my home. My parents did have one child. It was my older sister that was their natural child. And then 
they adopted me, and then they adopted my other brother, and then they adopted my youngest brother. And so, you see, I would say to God, you know, why would you put me in this family? They don't even get me. So as an adult, I've been able to see God's wisdom. See, what does he tell us? Families are the first place we learn to trust. And in the developmental stages of children, the first stage of development is what we call trust versus mistrust. So can we trust our parents to give us what we need? Can we trust our parents to love us, accept us, want us, even later on in our lives? And this is the DNA of every human. So I often joke with my many clients, and I'm, I remind them that even the mafia doesn't kill their family, right? I mean, they might maim them, beat them, shun them, you know, but they say, yeah, you know, I know it's your brother, yeah, but you can't kill him. Just break his arm, break his leg, you know, and, and we see this because there's something about that bond, you know, your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, it's the weird aunt, the weird uncle, the, the crazy cousin, right? But they're family. And so what this tells us is there's something very fundamental about family. And this means that having a healthy, successful adult life includes my ability to forgive my family of origin and to believe that this probably was the best they had. And, and I say to myself, I say to my, my clients frequently, because, you know, if they could have done better, why wouldn't they have? And, and I know it sounds like maybe it's, it's overgeneralizing or oversimplifying, but the bottom line is every human is born with a need to achieve, to conquer, to survive, to, to be who they're supposed to be, even if they don't know who it is. And so we really can believe that if people really could do better, they probably would be. And so even if it's available to them, we don't know what's going on inside of them, what kind of trauma or damage or fear or anger, hurt, disappointment, maybe they have, have failed in some ways. We don't know all that's going on inside of them as to why they are not being the human that we need or we want. So what, what this tells us is there's something about a fundamental family. So what does this tell us about a fundamental family? Well, it means that having a, a healthy, successful adult life includes, like I said, that ability to forgive my family of origin and to be able to move past it and say, I'm going to take the good things. And, you know, we did that show on spitting out the seeds. So I'm going to take the good stuff my family gave me, and I'm going to spit out the seeds. I'm going to forgive them. It doesn't, you know, and I remind people, if I have to forgive somebody something, then it means it's not okay what they did. See, I don't forgive people for doing something good. So the forgiveness piece sets me free to actually get the love, the acceptance, the family that I need or I want. And this is imperative as we start to understand the power of forgiveness and recognizing that our families are the template for which we repeat what we learned in our family or we realize that we can do it differently. And so this is kind of like a roadmap that they gave us and we decide whether or not we're going to take the same roads they took or whether we're going to forge 
our own roads. So this is important. It's very important, this thing, being able to give your family the benefit of the doubt. And many times this is very difficult for the inner child part of us because the inner child continues to think, well, they could have done better and they just chose not to, so I guess they don't like me, they don't love me, they don't value me. But I really want you to recognize the fact that there are a very small percentage of people that actually want to fail. Very small percentage. So the most beautiful thing about growing up is that we get to create this new life, this one that reflects us and the one that comes from learning. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about the intentional family. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me. And if you're just tuning in, make sure that you go to your favorite podcast server and you can download the show uh, Conversations with Cynthia on pretty much every podcast uh, server that you that you may have. And I appreciate so much all your thoughts and just the, the, you know, the ideas that you bring. And so I also want you to know that we have created a special kind of a, a mini book for you about how to be your own change agent. And we've had lots of great success with it. So I want to make sure that you're able to get that. And all you do is go to um, my bio and there's a link in the bio and you just can download it straight from the internet and straight from the website. So we also have study guides that we do every week for each show. So if you want to do a little deeper dive for yourself, you can do that. If you want to do it with a group, you know, have people over on a Wednesday night, you can listen to the show and you can do the study guide and see what other people think or what they take away from it. So we are talking about the intentional family. And, and what does that mean? What does having an intentional family mean? Well, it actually means that I understand the why of family. Why do I have a family? Why do I want a family? Why do I need a family? And that may be, you know, different for all people, but there are some common things that we understand why family is so important. And first and foremost, it's always been fascinating to me that God created the family. Why would God, who has everything, is perfect, can do anything he wants, need to create these people that he can interact with, that he can be with, that he can oversee, that he can watch, that he can help, that he can be a part of their life. It's fascinating to think that the God of the universe wants to be a part of my life. He's interested in me. And so we know that what happens is there is a point in our life when, when it's necessary to leave that family of origin and create what we call a family of choice. That's the family of our own. And so both types of families, the family of origin and the family of choice, it's imperative that we create structure with expectations, consequences, rewards, care, love, acceptance. And, and this is similar to... You know, if, if the city, here we are in the city of Phoenix, 
And imagine if we didn't have streetlights and roads to be able to get around. Imagine if people just drove however they wanted to drive. Well, we are in Phoenix. Maybe they are (laughs) driving however they want to drive. But, you know, we have these great roads, and, and the city planners did a good job with Phoenix. And so imagine if there was no rules and we were just out driving wherever we wanted to go, however we wanted to do it. And so families also need roadmaps. They need structures. They need something that, that is kind of the personality of the family. And it may be core issues. It may be the value system that that family has. And what that does for the children in that family is they either adopt the value system their parents gave to them, or they create one of their own when they leave the family. And so the structure, that's that expectation. That, that's, hey, you're in this family. This is where my parents would say, you're a Hyatt. Then this is, this is what Hyatts do. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not allowed to be myself, but it does mean that there's a certain protocol that's expected because it is a group. And so what, what this means is that we have to actually understand that the origins and the family of choice has these different elements, consequences, rewards, care, expectations, you know, what, whatever that template is that causes us to have some kind of a roadmap. Every child needs it. And the beautiful thing about growing up is we get to make our own roadmap. So we can borrow from our friends' families that we, you know, had when we were kids. We can borrow from what we learn at church. We can borrow from people that, that we meet at work and see how they do family. And, and we can also take what our, our parents taught us. I do have some friends that, that, you know, really liked the way that they were raised, and they want to repeat that. And then I have other friends that, wow, they're going to do everything possible to do the opposite of the way that they were raised. So that's the beauty of growing up. And this is when, when I was growing up, I really wasn't giving any thought to what I needed. And I was wondering, you know, what, what was the point of families until I realized that this is what God has created. And he did it for a reason. So it's often difficult to understand why God places people in certain families. Now, I know that every single person is planned. Maybe not by humans, but every human is planned by God. Nobody gets to sneak on the planet and say, and God says to Jesus, wow, where'd that person come from? See, everyone is planned. Everyone is intentional. So we, when we think about having an intentional business, an intentional family, an intentional moral code, we're getting this straight from God. He's intentional in what he does. So, you know, I was adopted. I have two brothers. They were adopted from different homes, like I told you. And, you know, we all came from different families. And many times I would say to God, out of all the families on the planet, this is who who you decided to give me to. I thought, wow, God, they don't even like me. And so as an adult, I've been able to see God's wisdom. So what does this tell us? That families are the first place we learn to trust and to see God's wisdom. The first place we learn to trust. And this is one of the first developmental stages of of babies, trust versus mistrust. 
And I remind, so what, what this tells us is there's something fundamental about the family. And this means having healthy, successful adult lives and healthy, successful adult relationships means that I have the ability to forgive my family and to honestly believe that this is the best they had. Because if they could have done better, why wouldn't they have? And see, we've all fallen short. We all have messed up. And sometimes it's, I mean, it can be brutal, brutal trauma that we get in our family of origin. We still have to heal from it. We don't want to repeat it. We don't want to pass it down to the next generation. That's why we all get to leave our families. And we get to do our life the way we want to do it, the way we think it should be, and, when, and having a life that we are proud of. So we have to forgive the, the, the heartache. We have to forgive the hurt that we've received, knowing that we have imperfect parents that in a lot of ways don't know what they're doing either. So when we understand the power of forgiveness and recognize that our families are the template for which we repeat what we've learned in our families, we realize we can do it differently. I really can do it differently. Now, there's some things that my parents taught me I continue to do because it was just good. It was good, and it works. There are some things I learned in my family of origin that I don't want to repeat. But this doesn't mean that that these people are inherently bad. Now, I don't want to take away from, from those of you that really did have bad people raising you, because that is a reality, and that still requires forgiveness to set you free. So join me in the next segment as we talk more about the intentional family. Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me. And we are talking today about the intentional family and what that really means. And so the most beautiful thing about growing up, like I told you in the last segment, is that we get to create a new life. We get one that reflects us. And that's that we can take the learning from our family of origin. And we can also refuse to do the way that we were raised. This is, and we can as well create what we call a family of choice. And the secret success of relationship, it comes down to intentionality. So how intentional am I toward my family, my treasured relationships? So as an adult, I can create a family of people that I choose, that I like, that are helpful, that, are, that seem to be like me, that are like-minded, that have the same value system as I have, that I know that I can count on them. And so when we look at this whole idea, the secret of successful relationships comes down to intentionality. How intentional am I toward my family and my treasured relationships? See, I don't want us to be lazy relators. This means I relate to people in a lazy way, and I do what's most natural to me, what's easiest. I ignore the consequences that come, and, and, I, and it's because I'm a lackadaisical relater, so I'm lazy. Okay, 
we can't be lazy with humans. We can relax. Relaxing with humans is great. But you know, being lazy in how we do things ends up being really hurtful. And if it isn't just one big body blow, then it's dying from, you know, a thousand pinpricks, right? And I'm sure you've had relationships like that. So what this means is that we figure out how to enjoy, continuously honor, and relate to our family of origin. Doesn't mean we necessarily have deep intimacy, right? We don't have to give them, give them our hearts. And we offer then ourselves the opportunity to create a family of choice. This means I have a family that I've chosen and I relate well with. And they understand me and they appreciate me. They like me. They have my back. Furthermore, this family loves me for who I am. And I am able to walk away from and forgive all the things that my family of origin may have not known they were doing or knew they were doing and did it anyways. Or they weren't aware of it. Or maybe they didn't have the energy to do what needed to be done. So this means whether or not this is a family of choice or a family of origin, the commitment, the acceptance, the forgiveness, and love is still the same. See, I'm not going to question their profession of love. I accept that it may not be the way I want to be loved. And so this is where we recognize that, wow, we get to pick people that love like we love. They want the same type of experience. And so I'm sure you've been with friends where, you know, you have a friend and the way that they feel love, their love language is quality time. And maybe you're the person that time is tough for you. You don't want to just hang out. You like to do something. Well, what this means is the more that we can accept and love the differences, the more that we can say that doesn't make it sinful or mean. It just is different. So it depends on how I interact with that person and how I honor my own quality without it hurting that other person. So when we think of this idea of a family of choice, it's also known as a chosen family or a found family. Th this really refers to the non-biologically related people that establish a group that provides this ongoing social support. It's, it's, it's unlike the family of origin, which is biological, and that's the one I was raised in. So the family of choice is based on chosen bonds, not biological ones. That means I'm choosing to commit to you. I'm choosing to love you. I'm choosing to forgive you. Not because I grew up with you and we have the same DNA, but because I'm choosing you. And this is why having an intentional family, again, means I understand the why of family. And so families of choice are very common with people that have come from abusive environments <clears throat> that have come from, you know, environments where maybe they were harmed religiously, maybe they were harmed physically, socially, maybe they came from a family that didn't understand how to do um, money, and so there was never enough for, to meet their needs. Maybe they came from a family where there's a lot of addictions. And so that family of origin, we don't throw it away. We just are thankful for the fact that we get to pick our family of choice. 
So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about the intentional family. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. You, learn, you are listening to Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm your host. Thank you for joining me today and just for all of your support. And I really appreciate your participation in all the things that we have for you on social media. And I want to encourage you to go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. There is some great handouts for you. There's also a book, um, a mini book that we've written called How to Be Your Own change agent and we've gotten lots of great reviews on that that it has really helped people become more of who they feel like they are intended to be so excuse me we're talking about the intentional family today and versus the family of origin so an intentional family I don't want you to think it's an either or we can have a family of origin that is very intentional in how they do their family And we can also have then a family of choice that is also very intentional in how they do that family. And so the intentional family, (coughs) excuse me, means that I understand again the why of family. See, mammals, we see this throughout red-blooded mammals need families. This is just natural to them. I don't know if bugs have families. I'm not sure. Scorpions, I don't think so. But we know that red-blooded animals always have families. And they're necessary in order to get to adulthood. And what they learn in that family either sets them up to be successful in adulthood or it causes them to go into adulthood with a lot of what we call emotional baggage that I need to somehow get rid of so that I can actually do my adult life well. So understanding the purpose of family, you know, kind of might be difficult And many of us had a troubled family, maybe even a violent family. Maybe we couldn't even wait to leave our family. And see, the interesting thing about family is how deeply it roots itself into the core of our being. How many times have you, you know, heard someone say, yeah, I know, but I know, but, you know, it's my cousin. I know, it's my little brother. And and this is where we understand that it's difficult to leave our family of origin and create a family of our own. And creating that family of our own really doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but our family. And so if it's including, I don't know, people like we have somebody 16, someone that's 85, somebody that, you know, works the night shift, somebody, whatever our family of choice is, has more to do with the love, the bondedness, the faithfulness, the acceptance that each member gives the family. And so it's imperative that we create, like we said, some structure with some expectations, consequences, rewards, these types of things. So both types of families need that structure. Now, we don't want structure to end up being condemning. We don't want structure to make it be impossible to move, to, to maybe even test things and try things and, and try new things and, and push limits. We want that structure to be kind of moldable. We want it to to have some flex in it. And we really want to understand that we need to know the breed of a person. 
And we've talked about this in other shows, but really understanding the breed means I, I am understanding you enough to help me love you even better. Or I'm understanding you enough to realize I can't love you the way you need to be loved. So I'm going to say that again. It's very important. I'm realizing that, wow, I have everything I need to be able to love you well, and I choose to love you well. Or I don't have what it takes to love you in the way that you need to be loved. We're too different. Our value systems are different. Our pace is different. Our tastes are different, whatever that may be. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but you. So it's often difficult to understand why God places people in certain families. And, and I've told you about my own story and being adopted. But I understand now much better why God did what he did. See, there's something very fundamental about family. And it means that having a healthy, successful adult life includes forgiving myself and forgiving my family. And if, you know, I have to believe if, that, if they could have done better, they, they probably would have. So when we think about this idea that having an intentional family means that there's acceptance, familiarity, a feeling that this family reflects me and my value system, and I feel understood, I feel loved, I feel seen, I feel wanted, it's basically the feeling that I'm okay the way I am, even if I have to change things, and that I'm going to be supported in life endeavors. It also means that this group you choose to call family is somewhat like-minded and speaks the same relational language. And the bond is forged out of choice, not from biology. So this often means we are the creators of this family. And we may feel even more committed to it in that it's truly our creation. So we have this idea about an intentional family. And and only an intentional family has a fighting chance to maintain and increase its sense of connection and meaning and community over the years. Now, this, this particular writer, I really like what she says. And what, this comes from the intentional family, simple rituals to strengthen family ties. So this works really well with family of origin and family of choice. And so she goes on to say, that an intentional family is one whose members create a working plan for maintaining and building family ties. And then they implement the plan as best as they can. An intentional family rows and steers its boat rather than being moved only by the winds and waves of the current. So at heart, the intentional family is a ritualizing family. It creates patterns of connecting through everyday family rituals seasonal celebrations, special connections and, and occasions, and, and even community involvement. So the intentional family does not let mealtimes deteriorate into television watching. Now, I'm not against sitting there watching a movie while you're eating dinner with your family. But if this is every night, then what it's going to tell us is how are we communicating with one another? Are we interacting? Are we knowing each other? And many times in families that physically live together, it's strange for them to find out things they had no idea about the other person, what they needed, what they went through, what was going on in their life. 
And so when we have a family that is emotionally, psychologically, spiritually disconnected, but lives together, it's like a false sense of family. Because families know each other. And, and, and a family is willing to look at how it handles things. How does it handle Christmas? How does it handle when someone steals? How does it handle when someone breaks the law? How does this family handle things when they have less money than what they needed? So we want to make sure that when we are thinking about an intentional family, that this is whether or not this is a family of choice or a family of origin, the commitment, the acceptance, the forgiveness, and the love is still the same. So this is why we want to make sure that we're not lazy relators, right? That we understand the importance of connecting. And what this means is that we have a family of origin. We also have a family of choice. And the secret success of relationships comes down to intentionality. How intentional am I toward my family? my treasured relationships. And I will be very honest with you. I, I have a very busy life. I'm, you know, I, I've told you I'm an introvert. I'm not great at just chit-chat. And so this is, this is a, a difficult thing for me. I have to consciously make sure that I check in with my friends because I don't want my good friends to think I don't love them. But I'm not as chatty in that way. I'm not as needing of, of interaction. And so I love deeply, but I have to make sure that my insides match the outside behaviors that I'm doing. Because if I don't call them, if I don't check in with them, if I don't spend time with them, how would they know that I have these great, deep, wonderful feelings toward them if I'm not engaging with them? So this is where we remind ourselves we're not going to be lazy in the way that we relate. So this is what we want to think about. Whether or not it's a family of choice or a family of origin. The commitment, the acceptance, the forgiveness and love is still the same. What we want is best for that person. That we also practice best intentions that we practice honesty. And see, what we find in, in families is if we're honest, they are much stronger because the honesty, not because of maybe what the person was honest about. That's not maybe what strengthened the family. What strengthened the family was the willingness to be open and honest and say, hey, I'm struggling, or I messed up, or I shouldn't have done that. I should not have said that. I need to tell somebody this is what I've done. You probably would never find out, but I need to tell you this is what I've done. And this is whether or not it's the family of origin or a family of choice. Humans need love, acceptance, the, the being seen, being heard, being wanted. This is what strengthens our inner core. This is what causes us to be able to go out into the world and make really positive changes in the world. And if we get kind of beat up, if we get thrown to the curb, we get to go home and have a person that loves us say, hey, that was wrong, you didn't deserve that. Or we have a person that loves us that says, you deserved it, <laughs> right? But I love you anyways. So the intentional family 
does not wait to say, I love you. I need you. I'm proud of you. Do you need anything? Can I help? How about this one? You're so good looking, right? Don't you love hearing that? Or how about they'll say, you'll get it right the next time. I believe in you. Don't give up. Keep trying. I got your back. I love you no matter what. I forgive you. See, this is what the intentional family does. It says these things regularly. It doesn't just think these things. It says these things. And it knows when to say them. And it doesn't withhold from each other the things that need to be said, even if they're tough. Even if you have to say to somebody, hey, I'm worried. You're not yourself. What's going on? Or they say, I don't like it when you act that way. Or I don't know what you're doing, but it doesn't seem good. And I'm worried. This is what an intentional family does. An intentional family keeps track of people, right? We don't just go, hey, whatever happened to so-and-so? Haven't heard from them for a couple of years. So the intentional family is intentional and says, don't give up. Keep trying. I got your back. I love you no matter what. I need you. And I'm proud of you. Do you need anything? Can I help? So be intentional with your families, whether they're the family of origin or a family of choice. Be intentional with those people that you claim to love. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Again, make sure that you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And I look forward to talking to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from our website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. <music>